So now we are coming to the third example of a rich outsider, and it leads us to Germany. Schloss Castle, Schloss Feinweide. Pardon? Yeah. Thank you. <coughs> this talk about Walter Rathenau and Schloss Freienwalde, the Jewish country house in Freienwalde, is dedicated to one of the greatest characters in German and European history. Walter Rathenau, born in 1867 as the son of Emil Rathenau, who later founded the AEG, the General Electric, General Electric Company, will be, remember, will be remembered as an industrialist and member in numerous boards of supervisors, supervisors, as well as an intellectual with profound education and a widely known social philosopher. He also was a talent, talented amateur artist who created paintings that are currently on display at the steady exhibition on Schloss Freienwalde, in Schloss Freienwalde. Walter Rathenow combined entrepreneurship, political ambitions, and cultural aspirations in a way that often irritated those around him and at times set him back. And this is part of, the, uh, of what I have to present today. The critical observer of the German Empire's society, who, as a Jew, was not even allowed to serve as a reserve officer in the army, organized the raw material supply during the First World War. During this war, he, was, or he also designed visions for a new, a better society and a European conciliation. And finally, it was him who lost any credit when calling for a continuation of the lost war in late October 1918. Though he remained off stage at first, acting in the background as a financial consultant, Rathenau accepted later on political responsibility, first as a minister for, re for reconstruction and the first half of his last year in 1922 as the Reich's foreign minister. His name was linked to the so-called policy of appeasement, Erfüllungspolitik in German, that aimed at compensation all the victorious allies, as well as with the Rapallo Treaty with revolutionary Russia that was to free Germany from the diplomatic isolation. On June 24, 1922, Rathenau, Rathenau's short political career ended, was ended by his assassination in Berlin-Grunewald in the Königsallee, which was intended by anti-Semitic right-wing extremists to plunge the Weimar Republic into chaos. And now I start with Schloss Freienwalde's programmatic significance. Next slide. This is Rathenau again, painted by Edward Munch. I perhaps know that with the shaped figure of a woman in the background. And here we have a newly edited film, Reiter Rathenau with Schloss Freienwalde. Schloss Freienwalde was Rathenau's occasional summer residence. His relationship to this property in the Mark Brandenburg began in 1909 when the Prussian crown sold the unregarded estate, including outbuildings, park, and inventory 
to a Berlin entrepreneur, that is Walter Rathenow. In retrospect, he himself wrote, and I quote him, in 1909, the Prussian exchequer wished to separate itself of some of its real estate, one being Schloss Freienwalde, a one-story country house, five windows wide and four windows deep, amidst a moderate park situated at the outskirts of the town of Freienwalde. A friend guided me there because he knew that I love the architecture of Prussian classicism, which at the time was hardly recognized and little appreciated. We will have the same situation with Liebermann's villa later on. End of quote. Though these words and his words sound detached, Rathenau indicates that his acquisition meant more than the summer retreat of a rich entrepreneur. In fact, as I see it, as I put it, it was the scene of a silent battle of cultures in German Kulturkampf, revolving around Jewish integration and exclusion, and thus also around Germany's path into the modern age of the 20th century. To shed some light on this background, I will now outline Rathenau's motives behind his commitment as a supporter of Prussia's early classical era. Two years earlier, Rathenau had given up his position as the director of the Berlin Trade Company, the Berliner Handelsgesellschaft. As aging crown prince of the IEG, he did extensive political and, polit and entrepreneurial counseling, hoping to be appointed to political office soon and thereby being able to exert greater creative power. Yet, in the years from 1909 through 1911, his political ambitions were shattered piece by piece, which in Rathenau revived the old conflict between literary and entrepreneurial calling the two parts of um, Cold Price and Soul, as later Robert Musel has stated in his ironical portrait of Walter Rathenau, the mixture of Cold Price and Soul, literary and entrepreneurial calling. Schloss Freienwalde, just like his Berlin townhouse that he built the following year, thus became the sphere of activity of a creator-in-waiting who was able to implement his ideas about the country's future purely on an aesthetic level, but not politically. A Berlin sculptor was hired to create a large plaster <coughs> model of the building, which served as a basis for the development and to test possible reconstructions. Trips around the Brandenburg countryside inspired the project, which instead of seeking, seeking true to the original restoration of the Schloss, intended to contribute to the renaissance of Prussian architecture. And I should just so show you a slide. This is Schloss Feinwald in the late 18th century, built by the wife of the German, of the Prussian king, Frederick William II, Frederike Louise. And perhaps another picture. That was the status of Schloss Freienwalde because it has refurbished and renovated by Walter Rathenau. You see four windows, five windows in height and length. <coughs> in retrospect, Rathenau himself noted, we mutually reinforced ourselves in the conviction of the importance, and the convictions of the importance to maintain and to study these unpretentious creations of Prussian architecture 
of the late 18th century in order to revive a healthy, a healthy contemporary architecture on the grounds of Mark Brandenburg and the present. That's the, the core of what I have to present. As a result, end of quote, as a result, the Schloss received a new facade underlining its classicistic impression without restoring the original condition. The pilasters were added or emphasized, the window roofings and the main level were raised and panels added, proportions were highlighted by tinting the formerly yellow and white surfaces, pink on the pilasters gray. But crucially, the new owner added a semicircular circular balcony supported by Dorian pillars to the eastern narrow end, which contradicted the classicistic strictness of form the former architect had executed, executed, but which increased the residential value of the house by adding a view across the park into the Oderbruch, the landscape, thus creating a synthesis of Prussian architecture and contemporary needs that can be interpreted as a programmatic contribution to Prussia's cultural reformation. And here we see the new castle. Yeah, already. The same intention led Rathenau when working on the interior design. In the white ceilings and plain doors, windows and chimney walls, as well as in the straightforward furniture, the departure from a baroque to a deliberately unpretentious style that had been established by Friederike Luise. Rathenau mostly left the floor plans untouched and restored the original wallpapers where possible, adding missing items in the Empire style in order to keep the general impression without sticking to a strict dictum of a restoration true to style. Here we have it, wallpapers. The same principles were applied to the furniture, which consisted of a few dozen chairs, cabinets, mirrors, dressers, and tables from when the Schloss was built. It's not surprising that eventually the Schloss, after having been remodeled by Rathenau, was appraised by art historian Hermann Schmitz as, and I quote him, making the conclusive impression of a late 18th century home. End of quote. It just differed from a museum in the feeling that, and I quote again, the breath of former inhabitants was still wafting through the suits of rooms. End of quote. Those, thus, the Jewish country house became the aesthetic counter-program to Wilhelmine arrogance, and which, in Rathenau's eyes, in 1806, after the clash of the Prussian Empire, had thrown overboard the policy of summoning strength of modesty and reformation. That is, so to say, Schloss Weinwalde as the contrast to the, the, the church of the Emperor William, the Kaiser Wilhelm Gedächtniskirche, which ruins are still to be seen at the Kurfürstendamm in Berlin. But by buying and saving Schloss Freienwalde, Rathenau, being an affluent but culturally outcast Jew in the Kaiserreich, proved to have a better understanding, a better understanding of the Prussian roots than his Wilhelmine contemporaries who reclaimed national convictions, but in reality betrayed them. That is the point and the paradigm. Rathenau was, was one of the most powerful entrepreneurs in the Kaiserreich, and he was a Jew who suffered ostracism. However, by the stiff coolness of the resurrected rooms, 
and his insistence on keeping the complete furniture and the building's title as a royal castle, Rathenau proved to himself and to the world that it was not at all about the charm of a rural Tusculum. It was his evidence of a Prussian-Jewish symbiosis. It acted as criticism of the Wilhelmine barbarization of style and was to be taken as a political warning. To Rathenau, the restoration of the royal castle represented a political agenda of emancipation that was to commemorate Prussia's modernization in the spirit of Stein and Hardenberg and others after 1800. With this in mind, Rathenau in 1911 predicted, and I quote him, even before the end of this decade, the last step in the emancipation of the Jews will have been taken, end of quote. That was the first part of the story. And the second is the reception in the eyes of the public of Rathenau's castle in Freienwalde. Rathenau's contemporary even attributed to the museumish aloofness of this stony agenda to the proprietor's, proprietor's personality. Among Rathenau's first, first guests in Freienwalde was Karl Fürstenberg, owner and director of the Berlin Trade Company, the Berliner Handelsgesellschaft. Fürstenberg was on friendly terms with the Rathenau family and as a banker of the RAG had accompanied the family's rising. In Freienwalde, however, he felt <coughs> uncomfortable. I quote Fürstenberg. Although the uniform arrangement of the furniture right along the walls might have entirely corresponded to the style of the time the house was built in, it did not invite to linger there. End of quote. Fürstenberg's explanation was that, and I quote, that Walter, however excellent personally qualities he had, had never really been blessed by being able to create a cozy atmosphere. And of course, yeah, that's it. Writer, poetist Stefan Zweig used Schloss Freienwalde to evoke the cool and reserved image of the proprietor's personality. And now Stefan Zweig, in my quotation, in his feudal Queen Louise castle in the Mark, one could not get warm with all the order, organization, and cleanliness, end of quote. Schloss Freienwalde was intended to be a manifesto for a civil society founded on civil equality and unity. For Rathenau, however, it inadvertently became a symbol of cultural and communicative self-isolation. What the self-confident principle had created as an aesthetic sign against Willemine's self-indulgence, his contemporaries perceived as a universal key to the idiosyncratic <coughs> personality, personality of the creator. Moreover, the acquisition of the castle by a bourgeois entrepreneur showed affinity for the Prussian crown and coined Rathenau's bad image in the public. People readily mentioned that the new owner placed importance on keeping the property's tile royal castle to the now by, owned by him castle. All those bits and pieces formed the myth of the shunish, the shunned Jewish Nabob, whose wealth could not save him from social ostracism and whose country house in the mark was less a non-commercial cultural object than a self-serving status symbol. What Rathenau wanted to be understood 
as an aesthetically presented criticism of the Willemine society and era, the public primarily saw as the poorly concealed longing of a rich outsider for belonging to even that society. Here, I'd like to quote the former Fu friend Maximilian Harden, who denounced Rathenau's relationship to Freienwalde as a clear intention of the rich Jewish elite to be socially recognized in the German Empire. And now Maximilian Harden with his own language, who gives away Fritz relics, Fritz Frederick the Emperor, huh? who gave away Fritz relics, Herr Simon, Mr. Simon, who sees the Marx gentry gathered around him, Herr Friedländer, who buys who buys a Hohenzollern castle along with the Queen Louise's sewing table? Herr Rathenau, end of quote. The idea that Rathenau had intended to force the way into the society of the German Empire seemed to support the cliché of the Jewish parvenu and seemed to fit Rathenau's call for assimilation to the Jewish minority. Eventually, this idea was inscribed to the public memory. Thus, Rathenau's ambitiously arranged summer residence converted into a message that turned against its author and helped undermine his public position. Even the less prejudiced Swedish writer Ernst Norland noticed that simultaneously to Germany's growing impoverishment in the last war years, an allegation against Rathenau became increasingly louder and less deniable. I quote him, in a certain way, Rathenau's concept of the state refers to communism. And since he repeatedly emphasized equality and community, he soon faced spiteful agitation against his person, which to a great extent, extent involved the reference to the Schloss Freienwalde. Was he the millionaire living in the royal castle in a princely surrounding entitled to give such communist talks? No, he was not. End of quote. After the war, Rathenau tried to disarm the criticism concerning his allegedly luxurious lifestyle and his castle. And I quote his apology. He has written an apology, a public apology. Freienwalde, philosopher and owner of a castle. He owns a castle. A royal castle, and as sympathetic and sincere altruists are adding, he had this royal title guaranteed in the purchase contract. A bitter reproach. Despite Voltaire and Humboldt, okay, Rathenau, Voltaire, Humboldt, mm -hmm. I, Rathenau, acquired the house in order to save it, and in the course of the years I have carefully restored it. So what? End of quote. At this time, and despite of all public condemnation, Rathenau could still hope to be proved right in the end and that the German-Jewish integration would be accomplished. Four years later, his assassination proved otherwise. Even before the National Socialist, National Socialist rupture in civilization, as Dendina has stated, Rathenau's vision of a German-Jewish symbiosis, symbiosis had turned out to be a mere illusion. And that's what I wanted to show with Castle Feinwalder. Thank you. And I'm sorry by reading this paper, I've forgotten to show you the slides. This is the only slide I've ever found about Castle Freienwalde, which indicates a personal, a personal feature. Here you see the stick and the head of Rajno. That's the only picture in a book that he has published himself where you can see the personality of Walter Rajno. 
Here we have just uh, the type of the different, the different rooms in the first floor. And, and here we have the other house here. Abigail had asked me to, to refer to the, to the townhouse of Walter Rathenau. That's the other house he had built in the Grunewald. Okay. And this is the impression of Rathenau's castle today, which is not in ruins from the outside, but internally it's different. The Landkreis, the county of Freienwald, hasn't to do anything with, the, uh, with Rathenau, and they uh, accused me to just to protect a person which is far away from the present uh, obligations of a county. And the, uh, the Landrat told me that he can never even not write uh, his name. He doesn't know where the, the, the age belongs to. And what can we do with Freienwalde today in Magdeburg? That's why they try to, to close it down and to, uh, to install their uh, printers and copy machines and something like that. So that's the present status and our wealthy present today. Okay. Thank you very much.